Oh no! It's I don't get it. The pop culture got off my long cast again. So soon again. after the last time. Again. This incident, this audio-related incident, features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which, Noah, for this one week only, is the longest-serving yes. senator in the Hungarian parliament. Oh, good to know. Okay. Yeah. There and, are still senators? There's still anyone popularly elected in Hungary? That's true. They, they could just that. be puppets of Victor Orban, for all I know. Yeah, I, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Or, or Tucker Carlson. Or Tucker Carlson. Yes, yeah, so I am yeah. joined, as always, by my, my uh, stalwart co-host. Yes, hello, Get It Gang! Holy <laughs> fucking shit, Get It Gang! Get It Gang. Sorry, okay. we're, we're previewing our topic. Yeah. My name is Noah Tarno. I am founder, senior quizmaster of the Big Quiz Thing. The Trivia Game Show Spectacular, speaking to you today, this week, not this week only, but uh, back on the East Coast for first time first time in two years, back home. Where in, where, where in particular are you, Noah? I am on uh, Cape Cod in Orleans. Anyone who knows Cape Cod, it's that big hook off the bottom of Massachusetts. Uh, Orleans is sort of at the elbow. I like to spend a little time here every summer with my family. Last summer, of course, I could not. I was rather blue about that so it's it's nice to be here well so you you lied to me you know what you told me that you were going to be in cape town and you're clearly not there although for no, all no, i know i'm looking at a, a wall so you could be anywhere right now you could be no, pretoria I'm not in cape town i'm in non pretoria i'm not in soweto uh what? cape cod orleans and not new orleans orleans what about the band uh, orleans no i'm and you're not still the one bill i'm sorry <laughs> um trivia fact this is interesting a little story i um I, I, this is a question when I do political quiz shows. I ask this question a lot. I say, you know, you've probably heard of him, depending on your age. Who is the only member of U.S. Congress ever to have written and recorded a number one hit on the Billboard pop music charts? And you know the answer to that, right? Yeah, it's uh, Edmund Muskie. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, Charles Gates Dawes, who was um, Calvin Coolidge's vice president, and therefore as vice president, officially a member of the Senate, even though he was never a senator or a member of Congress, he wrote a number one song. He didn't record that, it. But that was a shoegaze band he was a member of. Yes, he was in a shoegaze band in 1921. No, the answer, <laughs> of course, is, is, is Sonny Bono, who later in his life became oh, a congressman, died yeah, in office. Right, yep. Now, when I first thought of that question, it was funny. I thought of that question years ago. I was flying to Palm Springs, where he had been mayor before he was congressman. And I was flying to the, the, the airport I saw had the Sonny Bono concourse. You know, and there's statues of Sonny everywhere. It's ridiculous. And as I was entering the concourse, because I had a little time to kill, I said, you know what? Maybe Sonny isn't the only one. Because John Hall, the lead singer, frontman of Orleans, the man who wrote and sang Still the One, was a congressman for several terms. I knew this, I believe, in the 2000s, 2010s. So as I'm contemplating whether he might qualify, I walk into the Sonny Bowden concourse, and what song is playing? Orleans. Still the One. Still the One by Orleans. Now, I looked it up. Right, still the one, and nor did not hit number one, nor did any other hit by Orleans. I don't remember what their other hits were. So the bottom line is that question stands, Sonny Bono, only member of U.S. Congress ever to have written and recorded a number one hit on the Billboard Pop Music Show. Um, so I guess using the same chain of logic, we can say that Fred Grandy was the only member of Congress to be the head of a uh, cruise ship line, uh, the Pacific Princess. I don't think he was head of it. He wasn't, well, I mean, he, he wasn't right, well, Captain Steubing. Was no, Gavin McLeod in Congress? I don't think Gavin, so. No, but Fred Grandy also, was... Also, Love he, Boat was fiction, though. It was not a documentary. Wait, what What are you... T- I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you mean right now. Right, exactly. 
Fred Grandy, Fred Grandy was a congressman in the '90s from Georgia, a uh, Democrat who had risen to fame playing uh, Gopher. No, I think he was. He, no, he he was the Yeoman Purser, Gopher. Gopher. Yeah. On the love boat, and of course uh, Ben. No, I don't. He wasn't Georgia. I think it was Indiana. Georgia was Ben Jones, who played Cooter on Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Cooter Davenport. He rep- uh, it said it said R hyphen Hazard County. Hazard County. Well, it was Georgia. Yeah. Hazard County was in Georgia. Yeah. Just some good old boys. And the alternate universe where Waylon Jennings had been on the plane with Buddy Holly, which he almost was. Uh, you know, he was on that tour. And that alternate universe where Waylon Jennings had died on the day the music died. Uh, what would the theme of the Dukes of Hazard been instead? That's a really good question. It's a very excellent question. You know, also, a lot of people don't know, uh, Noah, that uh, the, the puppet act was uh, briefly Waylon Jennings and Madam. People forget that. So here's the thing about this podcast. We are looking at new hot stuff that people our age have never heard of. So to warm up, to get into it, we start talking about pop culture from the early 80s. Love Boats, Dukes of Hazard, Wayland, Wayland Flowers, Flowers and Madam. And Madam. Yes. By the way, you know, after Wayland Flowers died, someone else like started doing the act with Madam. No, Ma- Madam just was, at that point, was individuated. Was, was yeah. Sentient. Sentient. Madam right. was sentient. I tell you, Madam was funny, but like if she were floating above your bed when you woke up in the middle of the night, uh, that's some that poltergeist. That's some pleasant. poltergeist shit. Yeah, Wait, Madam has killed a few a few people. All right, so uh, look it up, kids. Look it up. Waylon Flowers and Madam of kill a few people on yeah. on uh, Solid Gold in 1983. Our topic this week, Noah, is yes. I guess I guess None we're talking about things. we're talking about the person. We're going to talk about Alex Cooper this week, but I guess to some yes. degree we're also talking about the the entity that she is the head of a, a, a podcast called Call Her Daddy. So depending Call on how you, Her Daddy, I kept thinking it was calling Call Me Daddy, and I yeah. kept googling it, and it's like there's not much on this. No, nah, call, call her daddy. Call her daddy. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, Alex Cooper is the host of said show. Uh, uh, call her daddy is a Spotify exclusive podcast as of June of this year, twenty twenty one. Well, no, they announced it then. Sixty million dollar deal, but you could. They were still releasing episodes on Barstool Sports for a while. Yeah, Barstool yeah. Sports still handles the merch, but yeah, now it's a streaming. Ex- all the episodes are streaming exclusive on Spotify. Um. Where you can get your podcast. We're also available on Spotify. So you can just loop it all up in one shot if you want to listen to all these things at the it's same time. It's pretty much everybody. the same podcast. It's about the yeah. same. It's, well, they, yeah. her deal eclipsed our deal with Spotify. Yes. She got $60 million from Spotify. We got less than that. We got a little less. Uh, you know, we, a little I've been less. instructed not to tell exactly how much. Yeah, less, we can't, we can't or, reveal the exact number. Right. Yes, or how so much we pay for we, the subscription. Right. Right. We will tell you it's less than $60 million. We'll, we'll tell you. So Call Her Daddy, the podcast, was begun in 2018 in its original form with a co-host, a woman, a young woman named Sophia Franklin, via the uh, Barstool Sports Network. Uh, until that relationship exploded in 2020, and the host engaged in a well-publicized dispute with Barstool Sports founder David Portnoy. Uh, also, yes. a, a, it was a split between the two of them as well. Sophia Franklin and Alex Cooper went their separate Very ways. Very sad. They had been... Early, early young women, early twenties roommates in New York. I believe Cooper is still just twenty six. Franklin yeah. probably the same age. So you know, as people are wont to do with friends in their early twenties, you fire your friends exactly. Uh, the yeah. subsequent Spotify deal, as Noah teased, landed Cooper a cool sixty million dollars for what Jesus. became or what is now currently the fifth most popular podcast on the streaming music provider. Actually, I would say, is it a service? Is it a music provider? What would you call Spotify, Noah? Streaming network? I, I look. Here's my thing about Spotify. When I tried Spotify, I found it confusing. Seriously. And I said, fuck this. 
and I haven't used it since. It's and terrible. I, it's actually, the I interface just, is awful. I tried to upload a mix. I thought, oh, I'll send out all the, you know, I make these, some make these mixtapes and I want to share them with people. And I tried to upload it and it was just, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, am I stupid? What's going on here? No, it's a so terrible one of these days you know, I'll figure it out. I don't that's know, the thing. It's like, I don't know what the UI deal is, but sometimes the, 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 these incredibly, it's like, they're so inelegant, so hard to use, so ridiculous to look at. I guess, but millions of people use it, so it and can't that's be why, that bad. Well, that's what I'm saying. What the fuck does UI mean if everyone is just giving a blank, st- you know, blank check to something that's fucking terribly designed, man? It's fucked I up. Don't know. It's terribly designed to us, but, you know, the kids. They're digital natives. The kids. Their, ki- the kids. their brains are different. So yes. Alex, Alex Cooper herself is, I believe, like you said, 26 years old now? 26. Yeah, 26. 26. From Pennsylvania. She's yeah. a millennial originally from a little town called Newtown, That's, PA. Is that still millennial, 26? Well, it actually it pays, it it has a lot to do with the topic. So I think we're gonna, I'm going to loop okay, her into fine. this. So she, she had this idea of doing a show, a podcast, which is, you know, let's say it's frank sex talk, bordering on relationship advice, some sort of like interface between those two topics. Uh, and this show's fan base, as Noah was making a, a goofy joke up front, her fan base is called the Daddy Gang. And so the ours Daddy is the, uh, the the Get It Gang, which makes sense. The Get oh, It Gang. Get It Gang sounds like a bunch of kid was, detectives who... Uh, that you know, was, no, that was at Animal Adventures when we were in, eight, in in kids. I think there was a cartoon and there were toys. No, it was the Get Along Gang. A little Get bit. Along Gang. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I, I, no, I want to. I want to toss the ball to you because we're out of Fred Grady yeah. material now. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> think there's anything more to lay in terms of background. Although it's yeah. entirely possible that, like me, a week and a half ago, you've never heard of this. I've never heard of her. Yeah, this Literally model. never heard of yeah. her. I had never heard of this. It keeps happening with the show, man. Her, David Dobrik, all these people who have these giant fucking fan bases. Big companies are paying them, you know, insane amounts of money, and I have never heard of these people. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, each podcast is like an hour. She sits around talking to some other social media star. They talk about, you know, reality shows, social media. They just chat. They just jaw. Occasionally she has a guest of some interest. There's a big article in Time Magazine I sent you. You didn't seem very happy about that. Um, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal. I believe that's how you first Yeah, that, that was the first thing I saw, yeah. Yeah. So I, I listened to a couple of the last pre-Spotify episodes because as I said, I don't have Spotify. When she was in, talking about the deal, I, I sort of watched a couple videos she had online, just video versions of the podcast. Saw her interview Miley Cyrus. Saw her interview, um, what was her name? Uh, Josie Canseco, who's another just social media influencer. These yeah. people, this world yeah. that is very I, I, important I to some she, isn't people she Jose's, and useless uh, to She's us. Jose's uh, daughter, I believe, the ball player. Well, that's the thing. And that was, uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. That was my first criticism is they spend 20 minutes talking about her dad. They never say who her dad is. Right, right. So I'm like, this is not professional. Like, I guess, I, I don't know baseball very well. Canseco, I'm like, I think that's a baseball player. They never say his name. They never say he's a baseball player. So I'm like, they never say who Josie is. What I listen to a podcast where she's talking to someone named Lauren. They never say Lauren's last name, what Lauren is, what she does, what their relationship is. There's no context at all. So I do not like this. Uh, she's very self-aggrandizing. She's always talking about how we're conquering the world, the daddy gang. You know, these people are in their little bubble. And I don't blame her. She's a kid and people are kissing her ass and there's subreddits and women trying to figure out where she is and following her around, getting selfies with her. So I find her pretty obnoxious. I mean, it's forgivable because she's a kid. And how would I react if I was 26 and people was telling me people were telling me I was an inspiration, all that uh, her stories need editing. She tells them in a very circuitous way without the supporting detail. 
that interview with Josie Canseco, they never say this. Same thing with Miley Cyrus. They never, you know, I know Miley Cyrus is, well, she was Hannah Montana and now she's a singer. And now she's, I'm sorry, now they are pansexual, right? Um, But the words Hannah Montana don't come up for half an hour, you know? Like, give us some context. Uh, Also, she's very, she's very vulgar. And she's very, I have no problem with vulgarity. But she's very uncreative in her vulgarity. You know, the shits and the fucks are put in very haphazardly. And it reaches a point where I end up feeling very puritanical because I am annoyed by this. I'm like, oh, you have such a filthy mouth. So now I feel like a fucking nun, right? (laughs) Okay, all right. Um, All the more so because she's supposedly known for her explicitness. I guess she is rather explicit. She tells the story about being at a party with her boyfriend and she says, I'm dark and twisted. So I get off on seeing other girls flirt with my man. I'm like, that he dark and twisted girl. And then they're turned on and they go out to his car and they fuck in the backseat of the car. And she says it very explicitly. She's like, my, my underwear was soaking wet and he, he thrust inside me and he choked me a little, all that. And that I think is her being puritanical. I just think the idea that fucking your boyfriend in the car or, or she, she, she's famous about saying she likes blowjob. She calls a blowjob the Gluck Gluck 9000, which I think the words are funny, but like, I don't know. A woman saying she likes being fucked, she likes being fucked roughly, she likes even blowjobs, and like this idea that like that makes me a this crazy sexual animal, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't buy it. That's, cra- that's crazy sexuality to a puritanical society. It is not to millions of people, queer people, polyamorous people are just people who are comfortable in their own skin. They're willing to take chances, which is millions of Americans, which I don't know if it doesn't include me includes a lot of people I know. So I just, I'm not impressed by that. I don't think you're a crazy sex girl because you like being fucked in the backseat of your car. Good for you, but it doesn't make you very interesting. And then she supposedly gives sex advice and relationship advice, but it's very elementary. It might be good advice, but it's elementary. Don't let men step on you. There's not much history here. There's not much insight here. I find this very boring. But, Bill, but, 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 this is my opinion. I have the privilege of education, therapy, exposure to different types of people. Many people do not have that. The people who do not have that, which is too many people in this country, because education in this country sucks. Sexual education in this country sucks. Uh, I'll mansplain. It's, it's non-existent. It's non-existent. Right, it doesn't non-existent, just suck. Both from schools and parents. Uh, well, no. Plenty of parents try. Uh, you know, women are taught still terrible lessons. Not everyone has the privilege I have. So if she is approaching them on what I consider a very elementary level, maybe that's the level she needs to approach them on. And maybe, therefore, it is a good thing. And let us remember, Bill, we've said this every time we have one of these social media people. These circuitous stories where you don't give context, that's the point of this kind of startup. Yeah. It's supposed to be circuitous. It's its not a celebrity being, I mean, we still have plenty of that, and that's what we're happy about. We saw Zola, all that. But it's the celebrity of not being a celebrity, creating the simulation of friendship. Yeah, the hang, the hang concept. The yeah. hang with my buddy, Laura, not Laura, uh, Alex, and and the, the, the daddy gang. We're friends. Uh, you could say it's sad that this is a simulation of friendship. But that's its reason for being. That's the medium. And Alex Cooper is a master of this medium. I also say this. I sent you that Time Magazine article. Sorry, I do have a lot to say here. I sent you that Time Magazine article. And the headline is her evolution from, you know, early on when she was with Sophia Franklin 
to now, and now she's on Spotify and she wants to do more. And you mocked Evelyn. Oh, she's 26. I mean, come on, man. We all go through evolution from whenever she started at 21 to 26. She is trying to be more. She's reaching for more. She's not just talking to the other social media stars. I listened to her interview, Dr. Orna Goralnik, who's the star of Showtime's Couples Therapy. Yeah, she's, she's, a very, she's kind of a very popular and credible right. person, from what I understand. And, and very smart. And while the advice was elementary... I, I believe, to be condescending, I believe her fans need to hear elementary advice. And I'll tell you, Alex's questions were very good. She interviewed Holly Madison, former Playboy bunny, former girlfriend of Hugh Hefner. And I'm not going to read Holly Madison's book, but hearing about the Playboy mansion from the bunny's point of view was really interesting and really turning the standard narrative on its head. So... Even though it's based, she, she is saying, I used to say, don't wear these pants, don't wear that makeup, here's how you look fresh for your boyfriend. And she's going back on a lot of that. She's saying, we have to move forward. This is, you know, post-pandemic, I know, whatever, summer, like, you do you, you be you. I, uh, one time I laughed out loud, she said, if you see a hot guy in the Dunkin' Donuts, go for it. Suck his dick in the parking lot of the Dunkin' Donuts if you want to, and if he likes you. I mean, you could say that's ridiculous, but it's, she's encouraging women to be themselves and to stand up for themselves. This is, rightly or wrongly, what people need. And I sent you that video clip of E.T. talking about the Miley Cyrus thing. It was so mean. It was so scolding. And it's, oh, Miley likes boring guys. Miley does this. My, oh, Miley is, I guess, blah, blah, blah. Such an obnoxious scolding. Miley lied about her virginity. Right. Like, making, like, shaming Miley for being polyamorous or poly, whatever, polysexual, whatever they are. Um, it's so obnoxious. And Alex, as much as I don't like the up-talking and da-da-da-da-da-da, she doesn't do that. She is open. She is. She listens. She asks reasonably intelligent questions. I find this very boring and annoying, but I think it serves a purpose. I can't shit all over this, man. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it definitely serves a purpose. I don't think it's boring. I think it's absolutely titillating. Oh, but, really? You're titillated by this? I'm uh, not. Well, I, I, you know, there, what, it's, listen to porn if well, you I fuck me in the backseat. I'm an animal. Well, I mean, depending on, look, I listened to like four episodes and, uh, you know, I, and I did, I dipped around all over the place. I listened to the, the fact, the origin of the Gluck Gluck 9000. I have this written on my notes. This is actually kind of important because I think it's episode number four. She's talking about, um, you talking about oral sex tips. Her that this is her and Sophia Franklin at the beginning of the show. Um, uh, one of the first things I think that set the set the uh, you know tongues wagging, as they might say, is, is, is was the fact that they were so um, explicit. And again, I think that they wanted to hit hard. They wanted to hit fast, and so they started talking about not just yep. using the language, but talking about technique and saying, "Here's what I do, and here's how you could do it as well." And so it was a very—I think it was episode number four or five. If you want to take a look, it's on Spotify. It's a very explicit way of delivering oral sex to your man, right? In terms of hand positions, noises you make, all yes. this stuff. And that's what, Gluck Gluck is an automata poetic thing, and the Gluck Gluck nine thousand yes, is I if figured it's, that out. Yeah, as if it's a machine, right? It's like you know yeah. some sort of a Cuisinart. I, I, I actually think that's funny. I think that's a funny word for. A book. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, it is. and by the way, I'll take it back. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Apparently does still use she her okay. sexual so that's whatever. fine. Um, and I, I listened to just one that was a couple of weeks old. She did a sit down with Tiffany Haddish, who you know Tiffany Haddish is one of my favorite people. And Tiffany Haddish, to be honest, kind of just picked it up 
took the whole podcast, put it on her shoulders, and then ran uh, uh, the world's fastest mile. Because she's that good, she's ready to do it, and Tiffany Haddish did something. You know, Tiffany Haddish can do a lot of different modes. She's great, but she's very good at being vulgar. And she shifts around between doing, like, the Oscars and stuff like that, talk shows, and then on this, she was absolutely vulgar. Her, it sounded like written material, but it wasn't. It was all cracked off about all the guys that she slept with, all the various sex acts she's done, what she's into, how she likes it. And, and I give Cooper credit for giving these people their space. I actually think she's oh, yeah. a good interviewer. I think she's she can a good be. Interviewer. Oh yeah, she wasn't a bad yeah. interviewer. It's just not, I mean, not awesome, but but. Gets I, out I, of I don't look. I don't know how many do. people how many people could box with Tiffany Haddish right now. There really aren't that many, you know. And it's like if you watch her do these talk shows, you can see she's slowing down. She's not doing. She's not going as fast as she possibly can. Because that's what she's got to do if she goes on Kimmel or something like that. She's got to put it into, like, you know, first gear. She can't put it into third gear. Anyway, yeah, so I, I got a sample of what she did, all these all these different things. And it's like, yeah, I, I'll agree with what you say. There is a remedial sex education component where these things, you know, it's like, all right, some parents are doing the talking. Educational institutions are not doing any talking about sex ed. And anybody who is delivering any sexual information in person in a clinical way is fighting pornography and the fucking the yeah. wall of tsunami water coming at their yep. city from pornography which you can't believe you, you've already lost I, your city's drowned you can't thank possibly fucking back. god there was no internet pornography when we were kids i mean it is i, so, I just oh i would so have gone down Alex that Cooper, fast she's she's doing what she can and her audience i believe like i said it's titillating to anybody, I believe that if you know if you're listening to a woman describe in detail the kind of oral sex she would give, I would dare you not to be titillated. It's not the point because I do believe her audience. Yes. Audience looks like her. The audience looks like her. They yes. are girls. They try to look like. Yeah, her. they are girls yeah. who have contoured makeup, uh, flat ironed yeah. hair, who are yeah. all wearing uh, Brandy Melville or something like that. Right, workout clothes. Yeah, yeah. workout clothes, oh. and that that's... holding a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I, I I'm not gonna, I, I. I, I think it's facetious to talk about her and sort of say, you know, whether or not I think she's good at what she does. I mean, she's the she's the new, she's the new model of what these people are. She's a new model yeah. of what entertainment is. Like you said, the hang, the hang is more important. And you know, brief sidestep. Somebody somebody once said recently, I can't remember. One of my friends said it that the problem with star power. The reason why Marvel movies and Deadpool and things like that and Star Wars are the stars and not the actors is because the actors have been brought down to earth by the fact that you have so much connection with them. They're not right. mythic figures like Brando. The talent is the talent, but you still get to watch them uh, drinking no. a coffee on a bench and as they're talking to Instagram right. stories. So it's like yeah. there's no more no. mystique. You're hanging with everybody from Chris Pratt to Tiffany Haddish. And it's like there's yeah, no but people love them even more. Right, right, but there, there's not a myth. There's not a mystique. They're just people. There's not a they're mystique, just but they love them like they love their friends. Yes, but I mean Tiffany. I, I don't know Tiffany Haddish's example. I wouldn't say she's not mythic like Brando, but I think people feel more of a personal connection. Yeah, to yeah, her but I mean, than that, anyone ever did to Brando. But that doesn't mean she's not. A, she can't be the same star on the. The idea no, of being a star is not the same. The way game of celebrity is completely different than it was. It is. You know, and, even in our childhood, even in the so, 90s. right. Alex Cooper herself is the star of the show. I mean, even if right. Tiffany Haddish comes on, Alice Cooper is, is still the star of the show. What's Alice name? Cooper? No, I said Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Did you say? Yes, the star of the show. You know, I. I <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare. I think that. Um, like you said, yeah, of course she's changed her attitude. Of course she's changed her output. Of course, you know, there's a quote unquote evolution as the Time Magazine deck uh, says. However, if you give a 26 year old person $60 million, they've reached the finish line. 
They've she, won. And she said that. That was the self-aggrandizing thing. She's talking about how she fucking won and she's God now. She, and as much as that annoys me, like, what the fuck would I say at 26? Well, but it's like, you cannot <laughs> you cannot get better than $60 million at 26. You've won. That can't all be going in her pocket. That's got to be. It's just uh, it doesn't, insane. $1 million would be enough, much less 60 of the $1 million. At 26? And, like, and she didn't she didn't grow up rich, I don't think. I mean, I think she was uh, solid middle she class. She grew up pretty, yeah. Her, really? Her father was an NHL, um, uh, an NHL broadcast in pennsylvania really? worked, oh, yeah i, I think he back. worked for the flyers okay. or something like that yeah no. well okay fine but she didn't grow up with fucking 60 million dollars no okay? no no but she grew up with more money than i had which it's like you know like i could sit here you know what i had i had a bitch which i think is a completely uh spurious thing but my own uh uh you know lower middle class thing that i grew up with, it's like th- this this person Alex Cooper really never paid a single due. She went right from BU playing yeah. soccer to $60 million yeah. with like she, one. Their podcast was at 12,000 listeners downloads, I think like the first month. And like within a year, it was like 5 million or something. Yeah. So like, to hear, actually, I don't understand this. How, did they get on Barstool Sports with episode one? Why? They were nobodies. How did they get that? Because this guy Portnoy uh, saw three, said, how, we, we need more stuff like this. And they were out, they how, were on as a counterpoint to everything else on Barstool. But how did he... So were they already just doing a podcast like you and me, who gives a shit, and Barstool Sports found them? No. Or I, were they on Barstool they, Sports with episode one? I think they, sh- one? they shopped Barstool. They shopped Barstool but to launch it. But how did they it. get in the door? This is what I don't get. How did they get in the fucking You're door? asking me, it man? It took me five years to get in the door of, of Comedy Central... And once I got in there, the woman had never heard of trivia. It was literally like, "Hey, we want to do the bar trivia TV show." She's like, "What's bar trivia?" I'm Look, like, Jesus. If fuck. I if I knew the answer to this question, I could not right now tell you the names of every single one of our listeners like this: Aaron Chang, Amanda Swavey, <laughs> yes, uh, Mary Catanzaro, M- Marie Mandaka, Rob McCarthy, yeah. uh, John uh, Arminio. Yes. yes, John Arminio. So on, uh, so forth. <laughs> Do, do, do. We're fucking back, baby. What the fuck is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father. <gasps> Bill, why? Why? Uh, why is Spotify paying $60 million? Why is there such a thing as the Daddy Gang? Why is there a subreddit? Why is Alex Cooper, not Alex Cooper, Alex Cooper, you know, the, the hottest star? Actually, she said a good point I liked in her self-aggrandizing. Every headline was about, oh, the hottest woman podcaster, hottest woman podcaster. She's like, why woman, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, talking about her and Sophia Franklin, their their breakup, said, oh, a cat fight. Like, would you say that if it were two men who worked together? Yeah. I mean, it's not a shocker that a huge big money deal, two friends fall out. That happens when friends go into business together. It's unfortunate, yeah. but it happens. Um, yeah, money's, to, money's to like frame it as these are, yeah. Right. To frame it like these are two crazy bitches is, is really sexist. So she does have an eye on that. Okay, but why? Why is this popular? Well, I mean, let's let's you 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 probably understand this already just from the way we're describing it and the little bit that I listened to. This is an audio Instagram feed. Um, yes. You are seeing FOMO of of the, the the look into the sex lives of wealthy, attractive people with their straight hair, their beige clothing, their Jimmy Choo's, the parties that they go to, and right. you know, the the absolute uh, bullet point documentation of their gymnastic, vigorous, random sex. You know, right. this, this is this is. I mean, a, a getting large kicked out of a party in the Hamptons. Yeah, Did you read that I mean, story? But which, which? Oh my gosh, she got kicked out. Why? It turned out it was nothing. That the the bouncer forgot to give her a wristband. Yeah, but no, she wanted to make sure, you know, like, let's not have this undocumented just in case yeah, it was yeah, something. Totally. And it's like, no, but this this is yeah. FOMO. You are supposed to feel like this is this is a people are living their best life. And since she's giving you every single detail of it, 
I think that this is not unlike the Kardashians, where it's like, if you just keep people close to your hip pocket, apparently the resentment is not going to grow beyond this. You're not going to grow resentment on top of this sense of kinship, which is really strange mm -hmm. because it's like, I think me and you feel mostly resentment. And then the kinship comes in later once we get over the resentment, not just for this. Right. I'm saying in general. Yes. That's the way totally. we tend to regard it. No, I, I went into this going, I hate this woman. I want her to die. And then I gave her an hour to a couple hours of my yeah. life. And I'm like, okay, she's, I still don't want anything to do with her, but she's she's better than a lot of shit out there yeah and then she's not she's no david dobrik and uh, but you know it's like uh, uh why is this popular and i almost think you know uh, i there's a there's a weird connection too because again the 60 million dollars this is one line she said speaking at washington uh the wall street journal article she said uh and this is a quote cooper says her understanding of millennials is the key to her success and then her quote is in negotiations i own the audience they all want yeah. which you know that that, that no that that made the top of my head uh explode and spin and come back into place like i was a fucking looney tunes because it's like uh these gigantic media conglomerates who are being run by people who are our age are fucking mystified glamoured entranced inveigled wheedled and obfuscated by something called the millennial pet like they are willing yeah. to throw 60 million millennials aren't even that young anymore millennials are like 30 dude no but it, i but, mean i hate those definitions you know but it just millennials become the standard for anyone young it's but, not what it means but, but my point is is that this is this is something that they decide you know what we should do to be safe than sorry let's pay 60 million dollars to one person because we need the access to the, this, this audience that they think, for some reason, is the key to everything. It's this fucking mystical ambrosia. Or uh, what, what is some substance you can alchemically turn into valuable objects? They just think that these are the people, whatever their spending power is, whatever their influencer power is, like that's, that is worth $60 million. Talk, talk about FOMO. If we don't keep up with these people, we're going to get crushed. Can you imagine what was the Throw equivalent? money at this girl. In 1980, yeah. what could a network have given the equivalent of $60 million to that would have any sort of equivalent to this? It didn't exist. The concept didn't exist. Yeah. There wasn't yeah. an audience. There was not an audience I mean, that you can say that you needed to spend 80s, that By the late 80s, I could see someone doing that. I mean, I don't know what Fox's deal was with The Simpsons. But that was such an explosion, a youth explosion, so quickly. But it wasn't a valuable youth thing. They sold T-shirts, but it wasn't the same right. cachet. There's something I saw a lot doing stand-up. There is a very easy way to get laughs and attention. It's a cheap technique. It is the hot girl being explicit. The hot girl being gross. Now, I saw many examples of this being done very badly. The sexy girl who gets up and screams about blowjobs for five minutes. And she might be the worst comic in the world, but she's going to get attention because people want to see a hot girl. And just like in a dirty way, not just like give blowjobs like, oh, you know, when his dick's in your mouth and the, the spit goes, you know, Gluck Gluck 9000 is a great example of that. There are women who do that well. Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, they took, I give them a lot of credit for this. I think they're both very talented. They took a cheap technique and spun gold out of it, right? But I saw a lot of women who did the cheap technique and didn't spin gold out of it. Now. I don't, I, Cooper does that technique. And I think that might have been the early attention and what got her her foot in the door with Barstool Sports, right? I mean, granted, most of her fans are girls, so it's kind of turning it on his head, female. Uh, but that is an easy way to get in. I think all her talent is in spite of that technique. Um, then again, you know, she's honest in a way that hardly any women are honest. Uh, it's the reason all these people, your Dobricks and whatnot, are popular. She's, a, she's very relatable. Now, I find her to be a relatable cliche. The supposedly hot blonde girl caked in makeup obsessed with reality, reality TV. It's a cliche, but it's a relatable cliche. Millions and millions of girls, if they don't see that in themselves, they see that 
in every celebrity they look up. From the same middle-class American suburbs, outside the city. Yeah, or, right, exactly. Uh, And, you know, like I said, I don't think she in and of herself is awful. I don't think she has a lot of talent, but she has an open mind. She has enthusiasm. She certainly has enthusiasm. It's funny, when she reads ads on the air, uh, you know, every podcaster reads ads, but I was reminded of Howard Stern. And this was an innovation of Howard Stern earlier in his radio career. Instead of reading the ad copy that some boring advertising agency would give him, he would read it as if he's being honest. And you know he's not being honest, but he just had a knack for making it sound like, hey, I love going to this paint store, you know? And I think she's the same way. Her honesty really shot. She says it in almost a vulgar way. And like, yeah, you know she's being paid for it, but it still works on you. So uh, she has some talent. She certainly has enthusiasm and the open mind and the willingness to to give some, at least go down the road of truths to an audience that I feel is underserved in that department. I will give you the little definition of this Glock Glock. It is a vacuum seal, double hand twist, Glock Glock combo. No, Eterno, tell me, would you have liked this entity as a kid? Uh, I think that's a big no. I might even hate her out of jealousy. You know, here's this bubble-headed cliche. You know, I hate cliches. I hated them more when I was a kid. This bubble-headed cliche getting $60 million for screaming about nothing and no one's paying attention to me. We'll get to the jealousy in a bit. So I, I think that would cloud any recognition I have of her talent or any service she provides. So, no. I, I, I mean, I don't like her now. I, you know, there, there is the... I'd say the attraction and the revulsion, like you said, the jealousy. We'll get to that at some point. But, I mean, this this is a list. This is, um, you know, the lascivious chat, the, the, the Frank Just Girls sex talk is now, and certainly when I was a younger person, would be way too alluring to ignore. Um, <laughs> I mean, this, Yeah, but which, I just, just, I see, I just listen to porn. Well, but, I mean, we, it, we, we didn't have that sort of thing. We didn't have this sort of thing. You know, like, what did you have access yeah, to? Yeah, but if I were... Was, if I were a kid now. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like there are some places where porn is appropriate and some places where it's not. And there's something you want to listen to and you want to develop a different relationship with the topic. You want it to be storytelling, whatever this is. But I mean, this is and would have been when I was in my 20s or, or whatever. And I realize, again, it's, you bring up a great point in saying their audience is spun on its head. It's not. I'm sure they're male male. Uh, listeners but it's mostly her most vociferous fans are right yeah people of her cohort age and class. i think she said something like previously on barstool it was like 70 percent female and now it's 90 percent. that's amazing that's an amazing franchise yeah. you know that's that is the kind of thing that everyone wants to replicate that i mean that's why 60 million dollars you want to get how do you win yeah. a 90 percent you know on the fifth most pop popular podcast but how do you get a 90 percent uh, clearance rate um but you know like Alex Cooper is giving you a, a, a vision of a sexual Oz, you know? Uh, and honestly, this, this, is, this is a place where normal mud monster looking people like me are not allowed to enter. You, you cannot get into this place. You, you are strictly embargoed from, monster. From, from, the, the, from appeal, from attraction, from the types of people she's talking about. You know, like, she just casually mentions her boyfriends. She, she dated Noah Syndergaard, pitcher for the Mets, while she right. was at Boston University. Yeah, she, she, she dated a lot of... She dated a, a Boston Red guys. Sox player. She didn't mention yeah. who he was, and it's like, she's got... These guys are all 
alpha males. These these are, you know, the exact same. These are the, the I hate to use this term, the chads of the world, because it's like the incels yeah. have created the word chad into this, you know, ineffable. Really? That's an incel thing? It is, it is. Oh, I thought that was something else. Uh, no, the, the chads of the world, that's, that's the alpha male that they're, that's... You know the sun that's blotting them out, giving them the sunburns. This this peak of you know no uh, no body fat, uh, you know stock broker kind of hedge fund dudes with the with the right. douchebag haircuts and the suits and the money and the, the place out in the Hamptons of Jersey Shore. Yeah, those are all her. That's the people she's having sex with. She's not getting down with normal looking dudes. She's not getting down with dudes who look like Paul F. Tompkins. It is strictly this one type of bro. Uh, and the thing is, it's like, you know, you could listen to this as all, all you want. And I, I would still feel this push pull over the fact that, well, I could have known her at the same age. And it's like she would not have paid attention. I looked like a dad when I was 22. Oh, I look like a dad now. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany fucking Haddish. That part. Yeah, th- exactly. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I'm honored to be sitting on this couch with you. Oh, wow. Bill, is the rise of Alex Cooper, call her daddy, the daddy gang. You know what? I really hope she gets those people to vote. That would be nice. She said she says she doesn't like to talk politics, but Bullshit. she's pretty nice. She is talking politics. Well, but that's the thing, right? If she's true about if she's telling the truth about that, she's pretty naive. Because she openly supported Black Lives Matters. She supports women not getting pushed around by men. I'm sorry, this stuff I has she been said everyone get vaccinated? I mean it, 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 she supported lockdown, she said that. So like these things have become She's from the she's from the Biden the the, the Biden Philadelphia suburbs, you know, right? A major political party is their position is fuck you. So anyone who says not fuck you has taken a political position. Exactly. So if you're if you're pushing, I'm hoping she uses this power for. If you're pushing back at the uh, the red costumes that Elizabeth Moss wears in Handmaid's Tale, which is what she's doing, you know (laughs) that that is in fact political. Not hardly is this a sign of the apocalypse. Um, I, I, at all. I mean, anything we've described, uh, could, I don't think could be could be considered, you know, the dark seam of the apocalypse coming at us in the sky. I mean, mm. look, I have full faith that, that this is an honest creation of Cooper and, and to, you know, by extension, Franklin, even though she's not there anymore. Um, I also believe that, the you know, the design is simple enough that this is built fully according to her wishes. Uh you know, and 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 it's been driven to the high, high, high peaks of success, the pillars of achievement in in audio arts in in the world today. By talking about the one thing, Noah, maybe the way I'd say, still say it's the one thing that cuts through all barriers of resistance. Mm, so, no, uh, no, no there's, what's there's even something no. more uh, than than blowjobs and sex and everything? Yeah, celebrities. I've told you this. I used to say there were two things that get attention to marketing: sex and celebrities. And I have since said sex does not. I mean, it might. Well, it's, they don't it's, do sex it's stickier than, than most other things, but uh, uh, celebrities are the most powerful force. It's puritanical. In a, in a different world, it wasn't as puritanical as the one we live in. It would still be sex, and then celebra- celebrities having sex. But anyway, no. So, what about well, you? Is this read as the apocalypse I, to you? I, I mean, look, we, this is true. Like we say, of so many things. Like I'll say, like it's fine, but you know, if this becomes you know, reasoned advice. And if she wins the Mark Twain prize or she gets some award from the American Association of Psychotherapists or whatever, then we got problems. You know, the good things here, she has an open mind. She embraces therapy. She talks about therapy quite a bit, which I think is helpful. Um, she admits when she's wrong, right? Like I listened to that, like no more, like don't, I told you crop tops or whatever were terrible. Fuck that. I was wrong. Wear what you want. Be happy. She's, she's you don't really take it. Really take a stand there. Sure. Right. Well, okay. But, it's better than a lot of people, right? 
Yeah. Um, no, you're right. Sure. But but here's one way I think it might be, if not the harbinger, a sign of the apocalypse. So much of her advice, right, thinks it's bold, but it's not bold. I mean, at least to people like us. Uh, she She's very much, you know, this is a very insular world. We've never heard of it. And we talk about often on the show the death of expertise, but I also think something that our society is unfortunately experiencing is the death of institutional memory and how since we are all in our little media bubbles, we don't know what's gone on before. No, it's, we, it's the death of legacy. You're right. It's true. Right. We, we think something is a clever new original idea when it's not. When if you just poke your head in next door, you'll see people have been talking about this for decades, if not centuries. Yeah, Ruth, Ruth, Westheim, and, Ruth Westheimer was doing this back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't talking about her own blowjobs, but she was doing a version of this, right? And oh, can you imagine a podcast with her in the early 80s? That probably would have been great. I mean, yeah. What, you know, our public system of education, whether that's schools or, you know, healthcare or parenting, you know, is teetering on the brink of the of the abyss. So, you know, counting on this to teach basic fundamental ideas, I mean, I guess I'm glad if it's doing it to so people who are desperately in need of sympathetic understanding guidance. But if this is the best we can do, we're, we're careening down a path to oblivion. So... As much as I don't want to shit all over this, this could be something that portends very bad things. Are we the most drama queen girls you've no! ever seen? No! Alex, you carry my bag! Hey, everybody! Noah, we're almost in the home stretch now as we approach the almost. end of the show. Tell me about the issue of jealousy and how does it intersect with the uh, Alex Cooper uh, uh, project here? Well, yeah, totally. Um, I'm jealous of her. I mean, people picked up this podcast almost instantly. You know, we just named all of our listeners or half of them, two thirds of them. Uh, <laughs> yes, Susie least, Sherman. Yeah. We forgot Susie Sherman. Susie yeah. Sherman, yes. Uh, occasion, my parents listen on occasion. We lost them with Chugi. They told me Chugi's what lost them. My mom's like, it was like you were speaking a different language. They pushed and their they laptop said, into the trash and said, no more. Right. I said, Mom, in the 60s, when you were a teenager, what would you say if you wanted to mock something for being unfashionable? She said, we would just say it's passe. I'm like, really? That's the term you'd use? I know they had slang in the 60s, Mom. They did. I promise you they had uh, slang in the 60s. Yeah, so I'm jealous that people picked up on this. I'm jealous that, you know, all told, she's getting more sex than me. I'm jealous that people think she's hot. And, you know, some people think I'm hot, but not as many as I'd like, of course. Uh, and that, you know, oh, she's using this cheap technique. That bothers me. I mentioned the cheap technique. I mean, she's making a little something out of it, but I don't like it because I feel like cheap techniques were not afforded to me. I mean, maybe they were, and I just wasn't smart enough to pick up on it. So maybe it's entirely my fault. I could have gone the cheap route somehow. You know, I could have done a podcast about... What could we have done a podcast about if we wanted to go cheap and dirty? D- there's, there's nothing. I can't... There's, I cannot make an I mean, analog No one wants to talk about we... us having sex, right? No, in fact, if we if we did a podcast about us talking about not having sex, that would be more popular than if we did about having Probably. sex. You know what I still think a sticky idea is we could do? Uh, we could review the Golden Girls. I still think straight mid-40s guys reviewing the Golden Girls. I still like that. Maybe right about that. Uh, That's true. Maybe right. I may be crazy. But you, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. Of I, think, I think jealousy is the, I think jealousy's the point to this. I mean, whether, it, whether <laughs> depending on how intended it is, it seems like it's baked into the DNA. I know it's like those, those are two different metaphors uh, I'm torturing there, but I'm insanely jealous of so many things about this. And, and it's like, I'm not going to, 
I don't feel bad about being jealous. I think it's a natural reaction to someone. Not that I need money, but I'm saying she was given $20 million at an age where I was still working at newspapers. And I didn't come up with anything half as brilliant, half as sticky. It wasn't the intersection of a gigantic world that was ready to give somebody $60 million for this very specific, what I would say, small, trivial thing. Um, again, I, I could say that I'm constantly baffled by the fact that um, these gigantic megaliths have been looking for youth paying dearly more and more every single generation for youth. If for some reason it costs more to get them and it's more valuable, even though I don't quite ever see what is the value of, of, of having youth. There's not enough money to spend things. People don't have the, you don't have wisdom. You don't have intellect. You don't have any of those. You things. know what you sound like? You know who Mitch Miller was? Mitch Miller was the head of A&R, like Columbia Records or something. He was hugely popular and he had a TV show, Sing Along with Mitch in the 50s. Hugely popular, Right. And he was the most famous, I think it was Columbia Records, maybe CBS. He was the most famous critic of rock and roll in its early days. And he said, like, these kids know nothing. They have nothing, right? They have no money. What are you going to advertise? Uh, pimple cream to them? Like, Elvis Presley sucks. Rock and roll sucks. Uh, pop music needs to be ha uh, happy and fun. And rock and roll doesn't have any of that. It's just garbage. And he was proved wrong. And he was... The boogeyman of early rock and roll. Sure. You are pretty much Mitch Miller here, my friend. You have the little goatee, and you're singing Maresy Dotes, and I've been working on the railroad, you know, <laughs> with a bunch of people you dragged in from Lawrence Welk's studio audience. <laughs> I, okay? You will be a fucking useless joke by 1964, my friend. I'm going to close this segment for me by saying that, um, you know, what Alex Cooper is doing, and I, I th again, I think this is intentional. I think she's gloating. Over how gorgeous she is, how gorgeous her friends are, uh, how cool their clubby little millennial party they're having, and how explosive the sex you are not having is. And so, yeah, for all those things. And again, I, this is part of. It doesn't of the, sound that explosive to me. Well, this is part of. Well, you know, to a lot of people, I'm sure it does. But this is what I think. I think this is baked in. I think this is intentional. Whether or not everybody reads the same thing, this I'm not making that up. I think all these things are there intentional. And I think this is the way her age cohort does. They did living in public, you know, living performatively, uh, putting on the best contoured makeup, wearing the right tops and the right colors and making sure that your Instagram feed looks like she does, which is, you know, as one of the articles said, her Instagram feed looks like it is built for the male gaze. You know, her whole thing is to be attractive to what men think is, is, is appealing. Really? Yeah. Or is it the thing like to be attractive to what women think is attractive? Will either way, either way, either way, it looks very, you know, women, they say women dress for women. Sure. And maybe, it may be true, but it's like, right. you know, ultimately she's not having sex with women. She's having sex with men. Those are their penises yeah. that she's having sex and telling us. Least, about. But I, I tell you this, she talks to a lot of women who have sex with women. Yeah. And she's very, yeah, supportive sure. about that, and and you wouldn't expect that from someone who feels that cliche. So I the very I last that. bit here, Noah, is the um, Scalonian flail, Scal the Fapian uh, scale, the Fapian. Fapian scale. In this case, yes, the self pleasure, the the yeah. X Y Z axis of all these mm. things on a, a veritable Cartesian Gluck. coordinate suit. So where would you put Gluck, this Gluck the, uh, nine thousand? I do find that funny. That's a funny so, turn of phrase. Um, where would you put this in all of our uh, topics? Right. So you know, I a few weeks ago we did my dad wrote a porno, which I. Is very different, but I went to it immediately as a podcast that's attracted attention just because it's titillating. And I really don't think there's that much to it. And I think this is better because it serves more of a purpose, right? I think it has more value to human beings. <laughs> uh, so it's better than that. This is, we have a category 
on all the things we talk about of things. I don't like this thing, but I'm glad it exists. Sure. I think this is like at the very bottom of that category. So the formula I came up with is you take Ginny and Georgia, right, which is in the negative range, but not too negative. negative. And Bad Bunny, similarly, in negative range, but not too, too bad. Multiply Ginny and Georgia by Bad Bunny, right? So now you have a positive thing. Multiply that times negative one half. So I guess it's... I guess that's a complicated way of saying it's the average of Ginny and Georgia and Bad Bunny. Right. Yeah. Right? No, that that's true. Yeah, it does. And I can see I see the logic in that. That makes sense. You know, I also I had a little Plot bit of Plot that on your chart, my friend. I thought that this was it's definitely scatological, it's definitely brazen, and it is revealing in how coarse it is, uh, while at the same time being extremely minute, um, and perhaps passing in the grand scheme of things. So I give it fidget spinners times Rick and Morty. <laughs> Noah. Really? Fidget spinners times Rick and Morty. So did you hate fidget spinners? I don't remember. It didn't mean anything, but it was something people liked. But, you know, as soon so as it's, it's about your zero. Hand, yeah. yeah. Times Rick and Morty. Times Rick, Rick and Morty, which, but, you know, yeah. But you liked Rick and Morty. Didn't you love Rick and Morty? Yeah, I do love Rick and Morty. But I'm saying it is brought, so down, saying... It is brought down by the prosaic nothingness of fidget spinners. But the same way fidget spinners oh, just sort of, yeah. I see. Okay, well, no. It. See, I think you're wrong here, man. Because if you think fidget spinners is next to nothing, so fidget spinners is positive but close to zero is what you're saying, right? But I think there's an element of Rick and Morty in this case. The fact that Rick and Morty is so disobedient, it is so naughty, it has that I'm not, not It's not necessarily the quality of Rick and it's Morty. It's a lot but it's more not, creative and a lot more polished. I mean, they put fucking work is. into Rick and Morty. But I, yeah, right. All right, so you're, I, I, I'm, I'm wrong. Right. It's, it's acai bowls times squishy. Are you happy? Is that what you want to hear? All right, fine. Acai bowls times squishy. Do not eat that. Oh, my God. If you remember, folks, just playing with squishies, playing with them, inhaling the dust gave released stomach from cancer. a manipulated squishy gave me, uh, maybe, I haven't yeah. had a stomach uh, the stomach uh, MRI in, in quite some time. So maybe. It did you give me a stomach ache, though. So. All right, everybody. Sue speak, the squishy makers. Okay. Speaking of Spotify, you're going to find past episodes of this show yes. ranked just beneath her, num- the number six show of all time on Spotify. Uh, uh, you can find also, <laughs> to some degree. You have the power, safe. folks. You have the power That's right. to you, make Bill's lie true. You have all the power. All the power. We have no power. Uh, Apple Podcasts, yes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill, don't get it, at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, doing all sorts of goofy bullshit. Uh, at William Scurry, and my, my video content is on YouTube, youtube.com slash AMC. Here's Noah. Uh, I am all about the Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com, America's premier provider of corporate and private live trivia events. Even on a um, holiday, and- no, you're still all about it. You never stop. Right. Never stop. We've been Never stop. creeping back to in person, but of course, the fucking world, the fucking country. Uh, so we're doing a little in person here and there. It's fun. It's nice to get back in the groove. Uh, but virtual is still going strong. So we're booking now for the fall. BigQuisting.com, the finest in virtual trivia events, hosted by me and my fantastic team of the world's finest live quizmasters. Learn all about it. BigQuisting.com. Follow us on social media. Um, yeah, that's all the big announcements I got going on right now. No real big uh, public events coming up, but. We do those. Oh, I, I will have a big public event announcement soon. Something exciting for uh, in-person public and safe, if you can believe that. So uh, hey, you get know, ready you, for that, people in the Bay Area. If you wanted to make things really an audience, you could have an in-person pubic event. Catch some of that Alex Cooper. Keep some of that Alex Cooper money coming your way. You know what I mean? It's an Alex Cooper joke, isn't it? 
Uh, Alex, not Alice. We should have played Alice Cooper at the beginning of the show. That would have been funny. All right, everybody. Until next week's sexy, lascivious episode. We, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021. I got three in the morning last night. Should I read it, Bill? Yeah, go ahead. So two in the morning last night, two in the morning East Coast time. Hi, Noah. This is 100% random, but I've recently been enjoying your I Don't Get It podcast. I'm drunk at a faux speakeasy improv experience, so this is really random timing to tell you this. Hope you're having a great summer. And I don't recognize the number. It's a Chicago area code. I wrote, who is this, please? And I have not heard back. Who, yeah. Let's see who this is. Is it a All scam? Right, 